on 55KRC, the talk station. 831, 55KRC, the talk station on Thursdays. That means we get the privilege of talking with iHeartMedia aviation expert Jay Ratliff. Live from the Southern Command, Jay, good to have you back on the program, my friend. Pleasant good morning to you. A very pleasant one right back at you. Um, curveball time. I got the list of what you want to talk about, and we, we of course, will. But I saw a couple more that I thought were worthy of bringing up. In oh, the inter- please. In the interest of providing you with an opportunity to talk about the importance of flight attendants, we have a flight attendant uh, was assaulted Delta Flight 2432 uh, from Atlanta to New Orleans. Apparently, one of the passengers, Nelson Montgomery, uh, well, grabbed a flight attendant in a chokehold, and then the according to the reports from the passengers, pressed what appeared to be a piece of broken glass against the attendant's neck and then threatened to cut off her head. Um, yes. Well, eight passengers came to the rescue, and apparently he was left bloodied after they intervened on behalf of the flight attendant. <laughs> yes. They, they, you, you know, well, there's a couple of things to note here. One, obviously no air marshal aboard, correct? Obviously. Because most flights do not have air marshals, and and we see these days more and more passengers that are more than willing to jump up and assist. And, uh, you know, in the process of that, uh, you know, the, the, if someone gets restrained strongly and they, you know, end up sustaining an injury or two, so be it. Uh, because probably my biggest frustration at the end of all of this is, thankfully, the flight attendant is going to be okay. But this individual obviously will never fly Delta again. But, Brian, until they've got a, a, a mechanism in place that allows this man's name to be shared with every airline, he can fly any other airline he wants, which is absolutely unfair for every other flight attendant who might encounter this individual. There's no way he should ever be allowed to step on board another flight anywhere in the country at all, especially when you assault a flight attendant and threaten him that way. And, and maybe there will be things done behind the scenes that we won't be told. I would love to, to know that. Yeah. But uh, the, the idea that somebody can, can threaten like this and physically assault a, a uniformed crew member and be allowed to fly on other carriers, I mean, obviously there's going to be, uh, there's going to be uh, charges filed, yeah. there's going to be a fine from the FAA, there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to end up taking place that's going to impact this individual for a long period of time. But the whole idea that they are okay being allowed to fly on other carriers, I find is just unacceptable. Totally unacceptable, and I was just going to say, well, he'll fly on other carriers once he gets out of jail, because I imagine yes. that's where he's headed. I'm just kind Should of be. openly asking, sort of, uh, uh, is it possible, and I know you don't necessarily know the answer to this question, I don't even know it, given my legal background, if a judge, as a part of any sentence, could prohibit him from flying, given the dangerous exhibition he exhibited on this flight, just say, sorry, you no longer can fly, like getting a felony, you're sorry, you no longer have a right to the Second Amendment. I, I don't know if that's even possible. Well, I, I think if it enters into any sort of a plea deal, that that could certainly yeah. be something that would be placed on the table. And, and I think that rationally thinking individuals would do just that to make sure that they're no longer a threat to anybody else when they fly. Uh, in fact, probably barring them from any public transportation whatsoever would be the best way to go with it as far as trains and buses and, and everything else. I wouldn't let him on anything. So, uh, but, but we'll have to wait and see. One of the frustrations the flight attendants share is that many times these individuals that maybe don't go a full assault, but maybe a, a shove or something, which to me is assault. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when we get to the, to the yeah to get to the airport, no reports are filed because the the police want to come on and file the report. Flight crews are busy trying to connect to their next flight, 
and they simply don't take the time to do it. And sometimes when they do, the police at the airport won't follow, follow through on the charges. So it, it's something that so often it's not reported, it's not followed through on, and a lot of these idiots that act like this, certainly not to this degree, but, but that are involved in altercations face no repercussions whatsoever. Hmm. Now, there might be something internally that's filed that prevents the individual from flying on that carrier for a period of time, like we had recently with the United Airlines passenger that got into an argument with a flight attendant over the wine selection, and it got so bad that the flight had to divert into, uh, it, it made a stop, I think, maybe in Phoenix before it got to Los Angeles, to have this individual taken off the airplane because she simply wouldn't return to her seat. Flight attendants kept saying that she needed to go back. She refused to do so. And, um, yeah, United, after she was uh, kicked off the flight, came out quickly and said she's not going to be flying us for several more years. Well, got to put an exclamation point on it, serve as an example to the rest of the world, what will happen to you if you get out of line on a damn airplane. Jeez. I just wish I wish we had these mug shots of people, if, if there is such a thing. Yeah. Through all the TSA checkpoints. So while you're in line for 38 minutes, you get to see idiot A, idiot B, idiot, idiot C. And you know those of us with wives are going to have wives going, don't you dare, honey, become one of these pictures on the wall. <laughs> At least it shows there's some consequences for actions. And not yeah. that that would prohibit somebody from acting like a horse's ass, but at least it would reinforce the fact that we have our flight attendants and crew members back. Because right now, quite honestly, we don't. Well, and praise the passengers who intervene. I'm thinking they maybe thought 9-11 was <laughs> happening over again, and they weren't going to stand uh, idly by and let it happen. So bully for them. Let's continue with iHeartMedia aviation expert Jay Ratliff. We'll bring it back after I mention Accent. I love this company for what they do, what they have. Jay Ratliff has iHeartMedia aviation expert. Another real quick curveball. There's not much to comment, but I couldn't let this uh, aviation discussion go without mentioning the flight bound for Catania, uh, the Sicilian city. Told it was not able to land at the uh, Fontarosa Airport. Instead, it had to divert to an island of to the island of Malta. That re- kind of irked the pilot, the Lufthansa pilot, frustrated with the aircraft controllers. Apparently, decided to fly in what they described as the outline of male genitalia on the flight radar. Basically, <laughs> a subtle screen. That takes time. <laughs> that takes time. <laughs> They said the pattern, the Lufthansa announcement was the pattern actually made on accident as the pilot circled over uh, Catania before he was diverted. I'm going to go. I don't buy into that. I think the pilot was trying to be funny. If if you need uh, further confirmation of just how good these men and women are, there you go. What a great practical joke. I wonder how much fuel he used. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for your last flight, if you could pull something like that off before you were forced to retire right. at 65, what a, what a way to go out. Oh, yeah. It'll be like my last day on radio, Jay. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, not that I flipped the bird to people, but they could probably outline that okay in the sky. So, you know. Amen to that. Now, we have a Southwest airline. Over to your list, Jay, with an acknowledgement that I'm finally getting on track. Um, Please. Stranding passengers for two and a half hours in the intense burning down heat. Question, Jay, why wasn't the aircraft air conditioning on? It, it was, but the, the issue is when we're at the gate, you have the ground power unit. The GPU is plugged in, and it provides the the ground power, and it allows the air to flow a little bit through the cabin, not much. We keep the, air, the, the window shades down to try to keep it as cool as we can. In the summer, as you board the flights, you probably noticed that or have been told to do it. Mm-hmm. When the ground power is removed, 
it then becomes the responsibility of the engines to help supply the the air, the airflow, the air conditioning going through the cabin. And when you're when the engines are running at full speed, that's something that happens fast. The problem is when you're taxing, that airflow is minimal. Now, aircraft are not designed with the intent that there's going to be an extended amount of ground time where you'd have to have a supplemental onboard air conditioning unit, if you will, to mm -hmm. supply that air. You need it to be in the air. So when we had the Southwest Flight 2176, it was departing from Palm Springs. Thunderstorms hit it. There was a delay. The delay continued, continued, continued. And, of course, they were on the tarmac then for more than two and a half hours, and the heat continued to increase in the, in the cabin. Passengers started to pass out. This is similar to the Delta situation we had a few weeks ago in yeah. Vegas where it was four hours that the passengers were on board. Now, look, they didn't know when they pulled away from the gate there was going to be a two-hour delay. Probably what happened was as they were pushing back from the gate, starting to taxi, uh, a storm front moved in, and they had to, to delay their departure. Well, you don't go back to the gate, let everybody off, and then – uh, you know, uh, reboard in a 40-minute process. You keep everybody on the aircraft so that if there's a 10-minute window that opens up weather, boom, you take off and go. Uh, the idea of going back to the gate to let people off isn't something crews do unless you reach the the Department of Transportation threshold where, you know, after three hours you have to make this available to passengers, otherwise you face a fine. But you're, you're talking about people's safety here. Yeah. And the idea that you have individuals that – uh, in the Delta flight, you had passengers and flight attendants that were passing out due to the heat. So it, it's really difficult. And, of course, you can try to stagger the departures such a bit so that there's minimal taxi time for these airplanes to leave and take off. And airports are doing what they can, but uh, there's only so much that can happen. I mean, you have an aircraft that comes into uh, an airspace that's not supposed to be there, a private aircraft. It slows down departures. Things start to back up. You've got situations in LaGuardia where you only have two runways. Uh, it's easy to back up there when you've just got that compared to, you know, Cincinnati, we have four active runways. So there's just a lot of things that really are at play when you have this type of intense heat. And sadly, many times it's the passengers that, uh, you know, pay the price for it. No doubt about that. And sometimes passengers pay the price of not minding their waistline. Got a plus, yeah. a plus size passenger got stuck in a first class seat. Like stuck yes, as in wedged in a first-class seat? That is correct. It was a uh, man that was flying British Airways into London's Heathrow Airport. It was a six-and-a-half-hour flight. Uh, flight lands in London. They're deplaning passengers, and he can't get up. He can't get out of his seat because he's stuck. Now, he is, he is a passenger of size. Well, flight attendants tried to do everything they could to assist with no success, and they had to eventually call emergency response teams to come out to try to ascertain the best way to get this individual out, you know, safely and uh, in a way that is as, uh, you know, accommodating and, you know, as can be and considerate. Well, it, they figured a hoist was going to be needed to help oh, lift the, wow. the man up so that he could then, you know, be free of the seat because apparently he was going to have to come straight up. The problem is the hoist wouldn't fit onto the airplane. So they had to take the door of the aircraft off so they could get the hoist in so that they get this man removed. So after this six-and-a-half-hour flight, he's stuck in the seat for three hours before they were able to finally free him from it. Now, oh my God. Uh, British Airways, during the course of the delay, was asked what the problem was. And, and of course, their, their media team's trying to come up with a, you know, a compassionate way to explain what's going on. And the release came out saying that they had a volumetric passenger issue. <laughs> 
Now, volumetric is uh, an accounting term. It's a stock term. I've never heard it applied to aviation, but <laughs> but now I. that it is. But you know, on a serious side of this, uh, British Airways is probably going to tell this individual that they're not going to be allowed to fly British Airways anymore. Clearly. And it's not because they're discriminating, but you have to be able to get off that aircraft in an emergency in 90 seconds or less. Yeah, it could if catch on fire. Let me just, let me just yeah. put an exclamation point on. The airplane could be on fire. You might yes. blow up. Do you really want to be stuck in a seat? I would choose an alternative transportation methodology or mode there, uh, Jay. Well, you know, you, you can't buy two first-class seats and lift the armrest and have no. extra extra room. Um, so you, you only have that. He, he did pay the price for as big a seat as he could get. So he did all he could um, as far as trying to, to make this happen. Uh, but uh, I'm sure British Airways has gone to is going to go to him and say, under these conditions, um, we, we just can't allow you to fly um, because it's not safe for you. And of course, it's also not safe for the crew members that would be responsible for getting someone off of an aircraft in an emergency situation. Because a flight attendant and a captain's not going to leave the aircraft if they have someone on board there. At least they shouldn't. Uh, we did have one flight uh, a number of years ago that was kind of hilarious. There was an emergency evacuation, and the first one off the plane was a captain. They oh, had a video of him God. running down the runway as he went out his window. So uh, that that was funny. Yeah. I, I remember the moment I realized I needed to go on a diet when my sister, followed by my mom, followed by my wife, all sort of unloaded on me after Easter dinner. And I thought, okay, maybe I need to lose some weight. This slightly more uh, <laughs> profound. Well, yep. my, my, my granddaughter and I were at Kings Island, and we were riding drop zone. And I couldn't ride it because I couldn't get the, the bar closed. That's when I was at nearly 280. Oh, yeah. And that was my wake-up call, which has led my call to Joe, who led me to the wellness center. But yeah, you, you have those moments when it's like, okay, enough is enough. You know, if we all if we grab that weight all in one swoop, like over a weekend, we would fight like a horse bucking to get it off. But when you had a little bit over a long period of time, you just you grow accustomed to it, yeah. and then wake up one day and say, hey, enough's enough. I know you you speak from authority on this, so I I understand, my friend. And uh, finally, we always end. Oh, I real quick here, I got to give you my friend Eric, who travels for his business all the time. He's always flying off someplace. Um, he carries zip cups in his ankle first aid kit just in case a passenger gets unruly along the lines we talked about before. Forward-thinking guy, I guess Eric is, but zip cups. Well, they, 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 have, they have those on board the aircraft, Good. but you can always have extra. And my thanks to the passengers who carry an EpiPen, even if they don't need yes, them. Yes, sir. That's, you may save not, somebody else's not, life. Because it's not part of the onboard, unfortunately, emergency medical kit. Well, yeah. you'd think they'd address that. As we always end, hub delays. How, how's the travel out there looking at AJ? Denver's a problem child, but not nearly as much as Charlotte's going to be. We've got some really heavy thunderstorms that are going to be coming through Charlotte all day long. And if you're connecting on American Airlines through Charlotte today, certainly show up to the airport early because we're going to see delays in excess of an hour there, and it's just going to be an absolute mess for that uh, very busy airport on this day. The rest of the country, though, should be in pretty good shape. And hopefully they won't be stuck on the tarmac in the heat. Jay Ratliff, love our conversations every day until next Thursday between now and then. Best of health. Uh, to you and your beautiful wife and uh, your loved ones. We'll talk again on Thursday. I appreciate your time, my friend. 851.